Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dope Shit My Therapist Says, a therapeutic wellness podcast hosted by Ryan Gaddy and Lauren Fractor. We are two millennial therapists who enjoy having authentic conversations with real people who share their experiences and passions with a mental health twist. Conversations that inspire discovery of self, insight into deeper spirituality, and alternative ways to support mental health and wellness. As a reminder, this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only. All topics discussed on the podcast are from the viewpoint of our guests and their personal experiences. Information shared on the podcast is not a replacement for therapy, therapeutic advice, or medical treatment. Hey, Ryan, how are you? It's been a really weird time. Do you feel the same way? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Lauren. Yes, it has been a really weird time. I think we've got so much going on in the world and our lives. And, you know, I, I also kind of think about being in this pivotal time of being in our 20s and end of our 20s and Capri is itching herself making loud sounds. So sorry, everyone. We haven't had a Capri interruption in many, many months. So now we're back back to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. She can't help herself. I get she's it. She's very itchy right now. She's, she's having a hard hard time too. (laughs) Even pets are having a tough time right now. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of transitions. I mean, one, we're transitioning from summer to fall, which I feel like for most people, anytime there's like a seasonal change, we have a reaction to it in some ways. And, you know, Capri's itchy because it's seasonal allergies (laughs) and I'm back to work full time. So she's struggling with that. And it's just, you know, September is a weird time. Yeah, I agree with the summer to fall transition. I always really like it. um, But for me, it's different this time because I'm now working in private practice, if you didn't know, and I'm building my caseload. So every week or so I get a new client and it's been really fun. I really like kind of working for myself since I'm part of a group practice. I am not working for myself, but in a way I kind of am because I can pick my own hours and my own schedule, which is really nice. But Normally I go back to school in August and this year I didn't have it. And I felt like much of the month of August was sad. And I, you know, got together with my former supervisor and she normalized that it's a huge transition to move away from a job that you were at for three years And working in a school is really interesting because you have the same students usually for years. And, you know, in, when you work in private practice or community mental health, they can come and go as they please. And with school, usually, you know, unless their parents decide to move them, they usually will stay all these years. So having the same students for three years, not seeing them anymore, and then not even being in that environment has been weird for me. That makes sense. I mean, obviously I'm a little newer to the school system. So this is now my second year working with the same students and it is something special about that for sure being able to watch them grow and change and whatnot but I mean in my experience changing jobs like the beginning of a new job is just really hard I feel like you kind of at least for me have this experience where you're like I feel like I should know what I'm doing I feel like I should be able to do x y and z and like trying to remind yourself all the time of like, no, even if like this is your field of expertise or this is the field you've been working under, a new job is still a new job and there's so much to learn and kind of get used to again. I don't know if you've felt that as you've transitioned to this new job. 
Yeah, I definitely have. And I've also found myself having more time right now, which is okay. On one hand, it's nice to have that extra time to do other things because I do other projects and hobbies outside of work and the podcast, and they do take up quite a bit of my time. However, I think that a lot of what I've been feeling lately is just stuff that's out of my hands and out of my control. And some of it's pandemic related, some of it's country related. It's just been a really weird time. And so, you know, as this new month progresses, I'm hoping that I can settle in a little bit and start to realize like, it's just nothing I can do. And I have to let it go and let it be. And it's hard for me to do that because I like to control my life and the people in it and what I do. And so when higher ups in, you know, the board, the licensing board is telling me you've got to wait much longer than you anticipated to become fully licensed, it's really hard. And I know that other California associate MFTs are in the same boat as me. And so if you're listening, I feel it too. I'm not happy, but I'm just using this time as time to rest. And I think my body and my mind really need the rest right now. It makes me think too, just like we were talking about being in our twenties and like the end of our twenties, like both of us are about to turn 30 years old. And that's another big transition. Like we're changing decades into something where our parents were in a completely different place. At least mine were than I am right now. And, um, you know, for millennials and, you know, even a generation older than us, the pressure to be where our parents were at the same age is really, it's hard because it's not realistic for our generation, you know? And so I don't know about you, Lauren, but I feel like I'm constantly putting a lot of pressure on myself and have this expectation for myself that might not always be realistic. And then I feel like I'm letting myself down often where, you know, like, why am I not at this part of my career? Why am I not making this much money yet? Or all my parents, like our parents and like other people are buying houses and, and doing this and doing that. And, you know, well, I've been working really hard. So why am I not there yet? And I feel like that really is a lot, you know, it's a lot to try to figure out who you are as a person and where you want to go and all of these things all at once while maybe our parents don't really get it. I don't know about your parents, but my parents don't necessarily understand sometimes when I'm like, oh, you know, like stressed about this or that. And my mom's like, well, you know, I was married and I was this and I was that. I'm like, yeah, but at 25, like I was nowhere near that. And now I'm almost 30 and I still feel like I'm nowhere near that. It's weird, especially looking on the last five years. So six years ago, right now is when we both started grad school, which is crazy. Five years ago is when we, I know, I can't believe it's been six years and that's when I moved back to California. And when Ryan and I met and when we started a really crazy year of our, of our first year in grad school, I'd say the first year was definitely the hardest because I remember feeling very, very vulnerable and scared that I couldn't do this because, you know, anytime you enter a grad program, especially one in the helping field, it's going to push you and it's going to bring out a lot of emotions. But I just remember crying a lot and being really scared. And now I look at my life now and I'm like, I can do all the things I couldn't do six years ago, which is really cool. And that's growth, obviously, and maturity. Five years ago, we started working in the field. And it's crazy to think that it's just been five years. It feels like it's been 10 years of doing therapy. Yeah. 
again, was reflecting on kind of who I was and even the commentary and like communication that you and I had when we first met about, you know, your perception of me and like me going into grad Mm -hmm. school. Like I had had a lot of friends, friendships like fall apart, like right before grad school started. And so I had this wall up of not wanting to let other people in because I was really terrified. I'd been hurt by a bunch of people right before I had transitioned to this new station in my life. And I do remember just like, no, I just kind of want to like go to school, get stuff done and go home and kind of keep everything separate. And I do remember like people noticing that and, you know, it, it, it blocking the relationships that I could have been forming. And then eventually, like I, I kind of awoken to the fact of like, I need to not do this and um, not be like this. And that for me in, in general has been a journey throughout my life of learning how to balance keeping myself safe emotionally while still being open to experiences. And so looking back now, six years, like you've said, I'm like, holy shit, like I have made a huge amount of progress in that area where I can allow myself to get hurt while still protecting myself at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I remember you were definitely different when I first met you and I was definitely a little scared of you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just because I could sense that there was that wall up back then. And it's definitely, you know, obviously it came down during the first year and I'm glad it did. We, We got to travel together and go to all these fun events and places. And it was really fun to form our friendship. But I think the thing is, is that, you know, it's easy to look at someone's life and their career and say they've grown because yeah, if you work hard, usually you'll get promoted. Or if you, you know, quit a job that you're no longer happy with and find something better, it's great. But that's only the external, which is part, which is 50% of, you know, life is making money and, and income. But what about the internal? Because it's like, if you look at what I've done the last five years since doing therapy, um, you know, California again has 3000 hours. It takes at least three years, maybe more to complete those hours. And for me, it took, uh, it took about, what was that? Like, not quite five, maybe four and a half. And I didn't work full time. So obviously I I took a different route working with the school, but it's just really mind blowing to see that like, yeah, if you look at my career, I don't look like I've done much, but like, if you look at my internal growth, it's night and day. What do you think? Like for yourself? I think for me, and this is something that like my therapist actually brought up last time I talked to her of, for me, I've always been an extremely determined goal oriented person. Like as a child, like I was making up businesses and like creating things and doing things. And like, I've never just been the type of person to take it slow or easy. And, um, that's just part of my personality, but, you know, I started doing a lot of internal work once I got into college and had a lot of revelations about myself and that wall specifically that was protecting me from being hurt by a lot of people um, and started doing that internal work through spirituality and just getting to know myself better and allowing myself to make mistakes and grow. And I think sometimes the work for me too is like learning to stop working so much like externally but also internally because I'm constantly pushing myself to grow 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 and I something I have realized and I 
I hope that other people realize too, if they're in a period of growth is that even when you think you're not growing, once you look back a little bit, like you're going to realize how much you've grown, as long as you're willing to open up your mind and be aware of everything and be willing to kind of accept your own bullshit sometimes, like you will have a huge amount of growth. So I think that's a big key in growth too, is like growth isn't happening overnight. It's not going to be this miraculous. You wake up in the morning and something's changed. Like it's slow, but it's obvious when you're ahead, I guess. And, you know, for me, like I never want to stop growing. And I feel like when I entered college at 18 was when my life really began. I think the first stage of my childhood was fantasy and rooted in fantasy and made up things and dreams. And I was a big dreamer. And then when I hit college, I was on my own new state, no friends, wanting to go home the first month and then wanting to never leave. So a lot changed just in those four years. I joined a sorority. I made new friends. I got my heart broken. I fell in lust because I was never, never in love in college, but I felt what it was, what it was like to have your heart broken. I had a lot of fun. I, you know, had a lot of experiences. And then I had that gap year where I learned, you know, do I want to stay in Arizona and do, or do I want to come back? And what do I want to do with my life? I always wanted to be a child psychologist. And then I realized, no, I don't want to do that. I do want to be a therapist though, and work with, you know, a wide range of people. And then that's when I, you know, applied and entered the grad program six years ago. And so even in that period, the first six years of my adulthood was just growing and learning and experiencing things. And I made a lot of mistakes and I think it's normal and I think it's healthy to have those experiences and make those mistakes. But part of growing up is also taking, you know, recognition and, and what's the word I'm thinking of Uh, responsibility, I guess, for when you make mistakes that hurt other people and when you make mistakes that hurt yourself and I think that if anything has changed in the last couple of years of my late 20s, it's knowing when I've hurt somebody and knowing when to apologize. And I think that's the thing I've learned the most in the last year or so of my 20s. Yeah, I'm just reflecting too on that. I mean, I think for a lot of people, you know, obviously going from high school to college, or if you don't go to college, I mean, a lot of people don't. And I think that is just a transition alone. I think we were really privileged to be able to have this space to continue to learn and grow in, you know, a setting that we weren't thrown right into the workforce or, you know, a lot of things that other people don't get to experience necessarily, or they decide to choose that their path is to go straight into the workforce, which works for a lot of people. I think a lot of it is stepping away too. You know, both of us left and went to different states. Like you did it earlier in your adulthood and I did it later in my adulthood or 20s, I guess, <laughs> young adulthood. And that makes such a huge difference. Like if you're out there listening and you think like, maybe I should go and move here, or move there or whatever. Like I highly encourage it because I think it pushes your growth period on overdrive you're in a new place, you have to make new friends, you have to rely on being alone with yourself and being alone with yourself really helps you grow. Yeah, I agree. I think that I do hear it a lot of people wanting to change their environment, but of course, something's holding them back. And 
you know, it's definitely harder to make the switch from another state out to California or in New York. Obviously, it's more expensive. It can be harder in some ways, but so many people do it. And there's always a way to do it. It's just you have to commit to moving somewhere and wanting it bad enough. And I think that we all want a lot of things, but how badly do we we want these things is really the question. And I think it's great that you were able to move across the country because when I first met you, that's what you wanted to do. And then you ended up doing it and it was a good choice for you to, for you to push yourself and, and do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I hear people tell me all the time, like, wow, that's really brave. Or, you know, how did you do that? Or wow. Like, and, you know, I remember the process it took for me to get here and it was hard. Like I was a mess and I was not in a good place and I was pushing, pushing, pushing. And that's what it's like to be in the middle of fear and have to climb over the top and drop down to the other side of that fence of fear, because it's not easy, like, but it's worth it. If it's something that you're thinking about and wanting to do, then just do it. Like there, there's a million ways you could fail for sure. Like I didn't know that I was going to get here and be able to survive or have friends or make it through (laughs) New England winters, but (laughs) Yeah, I do. And I did. And I'm super happy I did. And let's say I'm not happy that I did, then I figure out how to make it right and do something different. I don't think there's ever anything that could be so horrible that you're going to be like, man, I wish I didn't do that. Like, there's always a way to move forward and make a change and you'll figure out how to do it. Um, a lot of people just say like, oh, I could never do this because of X, Y, and Z. And it's like, no, you could totally do it. You're just going to have to fight through the fear you have. And that's, that's the main obstacle is your fear, nothing else. I feel like we've talked about fear on a couple episodes, but it's just a relevant part of life. And, you know, it's, it's easier said than done because a lot of what goes on is rooted in privilege. It is. I have a lot of privilege and I mentioned that many times and I'd be a fool if I didn't mention it again, because I was given this privilege to attend school and to fortunately not have student loans to worry about. And, you know, my parents gave me the gift of education and I gave them back, you know, this career that I've been building for so many years. And there were many times I wanted to quit because I felt like I couldn't handle it. And, you know, talking to people every day is really hard. It doesn't leave a lot of space for yourself. And, that's okay. You know, some, some days it is really tough. And I, you know, that's the day where as a clinician, it's probably best if you reschedule your clients, if you can, so you can take the rest day for yourself, but it's still really tough some days to, to make that space for other people. But I'm still glad that I went into this career because I really don't know what else I would have done. And in my twenties, it was all about building this career And then in the 30s will be, how can I sustain my living and build on top of that, which is very typical for our generation, because it's not easy to just get out of school at 22 if you go to school. And and if you go into the workforce at 18, you're not going to have a high level job. It's just not possible. Uh, But, you know, you can't make a living for yourself that you want right away. It has to come in time. Yeah. That building process is rough. And I think for our generation, 
it's slower than it's ever been before. The building process of getting into the workforce, whether it's right out of high school or, you know, you take a gap year or you go to college first or whatever it is, it's so much slower for a lot of people than it was for our parents. You know, my dad got hired at a company right out of college and was making a good living at that point and continued to grow fairly quickly from there. And now the competition is so high and, you know, the money is not there. It is just so many different factors where people are, you know, they're not getting promoted or they're leaving their job. I just heard a statistic that millennials don't stay at their jobs for very long. Um, They tend to switch to a new company fairly frequently. And a lot of that is because we really know to some extent that we want to be valued and we want to feel like we belong and feel like we're filling a space both in the company and in our own lives. I think I really like that about our generation is that we have more awareness, like self-awareness that we're not willing to put our entire lives into work anymore. We're trying to make work a part of our lives. I agree. And it's, it's so tough because like our generation is so interesting because on one hand, you know, there's that whole like soft mentality of like, oh, your generation's so soft. They can't handle anything. But on the other hand, like we've been able to successfully for certain companies have HR get rid of people who, you know, sexually harass or are inappropriate with other coworkers. So that's a huge step for, you know, our generation. Cause I'm thinking about it. Like, with, you know, grandparents' generation, women barely worked if they were even allowed to work at all. And they married some person they met, you know, out and about or through a friend or family member, whoever. And that was it. And, you know, and if your spouse happened to be, you know, gay, then they were in the closet. So you were married to somebody who wasn't able to come out. Divorce wasn't common. You were shamed if you were divorced. So that was our grandparents' generation. And I think about that a lot of how hard that must have been but like how you couldn't do anything about it. It was like, you chose this person and that's it. And unless they die, you're stuck with them kind of thing. Yeah. And then our parents were a little bit more free flowing and how they, you know, dated. It was a little bit, you know, it was easier. My parents dated in like the seventies and eighties. That was like their time. And my parents married at at the very end of 1989. So they basically had like the late seventies, the eighties of dating and, you know, they'd go out, they'd meet cool people and divorce was becoming less of a taboo thing. And it happened. So I'm thinking about that and how women were then like in the workforce and able to have jobs, even though they were still not respected to the level that they should have been, they were able to do more. And then you had the shift of, you know, the moms are not just housewives. They can choose to be, you know, uh, they can choose to work. Yeah. Uh, There's a name for that generation. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but um, sandwich generation, maybe it was, it was something it was, there's like something that like talks about women in the workforce. I read about it somewhere, but I, I mean, what's the sandwich generation? <laughs> so the sandwich generation is basically the generation where their their mothers and fathers, right, they've had their own children and their parents are essentially needing to be supported too. Like they're aging uh-huh. at a rate where they're taking care of their parents and their children. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that is because like after our parents' generation, like they've started to get people started to have children later and later. Um, so they they may be a little bit older of a parent and compared to past generations and their parents are a little older. And so it mm-hmm. kind of 
They're, oh yeah. I think that's what they're called. Yeah. I like that. That checks out for my family. Uh, so it might've been around then, but then, yeah. And then you had, you know, the generation above us who was just a little bit better, a little bit able to do more. And then you have our generation and then you have the one after us, but for the millennials, you know, we're able to make a lot of our own decisions and choose what we want to do and what we don't want to do. And I think that that is the best of all the generations thus far, because we've made a lot of changes in various areas. I think obviously we're nowhere near where we need to be, but that's out of our hands. Like that's a, that's a country or state issue, not a, you know, generational issue because we're trying. I know that was a very long tangent, but it's something I've actually been thinking about of just how hard it must've been to have been like our age in 1950 and be a housewife with three kids to a husband or, you know, well, for us, husband who we didn't maybe love, you know, but there's nothing we could have done. We would have had to stick it out. It's crazy. Right. Right. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things that were hard because I mean, even female, I mean, this is really going off of our topic, but female birth control didn't even come till Mm. not that long ago that like caused a lot of freedom for women and whatnot. But I also think about too, how, how much less stress like that generation, those generations had, right. Because cost of living and pay, like they, they made more sense. So like their ability to stay home and take care of your children. If that was what you actually wanted to do, there was no stress. Like one of them, the man usually went to work, right. And had brought home an income and everyone was supported and mom was able to take care of the kids, which is a full-time job. Like, and that now, I mean, now the stress is so bad because both of them need to work. Remember too, that it was also up to the man to have a good paying job Otherwise your family would not have a lot of money. And if you had a lot of kids with no birth control, it was like a mother taking care of like eight kids while the father works a job that he's probably not college educated. Cause back then, I don't know how many people went to college, not many. And, you know, again, it was probably on rank and promotion and age and all that. So it was definitely not an easy time, but I could see your point of it not being as stressful in some areas. For sure. Yeah. I mean, even my parents, I mean, my dad and my mom like graduated college. Um, and like a couple of years later they got married and they were able to buy a house. Like, you know, like they got married and bought a house. <laughs> like it's crazy. amazing now, you know, that's not definitely not the case. And so I think, you know, for us as a generation and, you know, people in their twenties and late twenties and even early thirties now, it just feels really hard to match up to this quote unquote American dream of like having a home and doing all these things. And, you know, for, at least I know for me, like my goals are hard to obtain because of how everything is. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be in a specific place. Um, And now dating too. I mean, like, my God, like, like you said, my mom and dad met at a frat party and my grandma and grandpa met at a high school basketball game. So it's like, so funny. they definitely don't understand what's like online dating. Anytime I tell my mom, like, she's like, Oh, did you hear from blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, he ghosted me. And she's like, well, why would someone do that? I'm like, good question, mom. 
I know. And like, that's a, that's a whole nother thing, but PSA don't listen to your parents when it comes to these topics, because they have no freaking clue what's (laughs) going on. Uh, And, and specifically mothers, sorry, mothers out there. But I think that, you know, our parents, they just want the best for us, but they don't understand and they won't understand. And, that's okay. You know, they're not meant to understand their life and generation is completely different from ours, but 29 (laughs) is more like 23, 24. It's, it's very different that people who continue their education, people that work really hard and work overtime to get up in the ranks in their job to sustain a living of, of a decent kind, but not even, you know, like just above the threshold, it takes a lot of time and it's not easy to afford property. It's not easy to meet people out in the wild. People are not as friendly. They're everyone has their guard up because duh, like why, why wouldn't they life has beat them down and they've been hurt. I think too, like therapy wise, I think, you know, kind of connecting it to our jobs and like seeking out support. I think it's really important to have for our, for us as like our age range to just realize like, these are all big transitional issues that, and anytime we have a life transition, it's important to have support during that. And I think as we get closer to 30, that's really what we're feeling. Like Lauren and I are both really into astrology. We're going through our Saturn return. And a lot of it is just like growing up astrologically, mentally, emotionally, physically, all of that, and learning to just become our own set of parents and, you know, how to keep ourselves in check and know what we want. And I was even thinking about our conversation with Helen Denham and, you know, she was kind of talking about in our last episode, how, you know, you don't have to be just one thing. We have this pressure in society to figure out what we want to do in high school and to go to college and get that done, figure it out and then grow in that and be there and forever and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, we don't have to do that. But the the ability to stop thinking that way is so hard, like to break away from the fact of like, I can be a million things or I can try different things or I can go to college for this and later down the line, change my mind and try something else. Like, breaking away from that mentality can be really hard and you might beat yourself up for not being on a linear path. Yeah, exactly. And also going back to the Saturn return, like Saturn, when it makes its return, I believe it is every 28 years, right? Or 29, 28 to 30. Okay. 28 to 30. So think about it. If it happens when you're between the ages of 28 to 30 and then it happens again, well, where are you in your life? 30 years from then, if you have kids, you're empty nest usually. So now Mm -hmm. you're like questioning your identity again. So it's normal to have these transitions, even if you're not into astrology, transitions happen. And and every time there's a five or a zero in your age, you're going to reevaluate your life. We love evens. So every time, you know, there's a big birthday that comes up and past 21, it's 25, 30, 35, 40, you know, and then it keeps going from there. I think that a lot of people probably sit down at their life and look at it and go, what did I make for myself and what, where do I need to go and what do I need to do? And that's another area where you have to look at what you want and fear and see if what you want is greater than your fear. And if what you want is greater than your fear, then that's how you start to grow and take whatever you want to the next level. And I think that's really cool. I think that, you know, 
if you have the right resources and the right support system, you can make it to that level if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that's totally true. I don't know how you felt at 25, but it was like the worst year ever for me. 25 is when I was dating my first ex-boyfriend and that was a shit show. (laughs) (laughs) And I was in grad school and well, so were you, but yeah, it was second year of grad school, not knowing anything. I just started working with clients, just so confused about everything. It wasn't great. Yeah. I got in two car accidents that year and cried a lot. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) I went to one of the sites of your car accident, remember? Yeah. And that was a good like eye awakening for me too. Uh, Eye opening. I can't speak today. Like, you know, the universe will literally tell you to calm the fuck down in the worst ways possible if you're not listening to it early on. And I was working a full-time job. I had a puppy. I was commuting an hour to go to grad school. And then I was trying to add a second internship onto all of that so that I could finish my hours for grad school. And I was having a mental breakdown trying to figure out how to do all of this at the same time. And what happens? You're not paying attention. I got in a car accident and I just like lost it. I called Lauren and I was just like bawling on the side of the road. It was a hot ass mess, but it was literally like the universe saying like, you need to stop. Like you need to let things go and pick something. And that's still something I struggle with. Even now I'm better about it, but not that much better about it. Like I still will throw way too many things into my day and then be anxious and overwhelmed and be like, how can I do all of this? And me learning how to say like, sorry, I can't is really hard. And I'm still trying to work on that. But for any of you that are like me and are overachievers or people pleasers or whatever, you know, the universe will find ways to tell you to knock it off and you might not like how it tells you. It always has a way of messing up your day, (laughs) but really it's just a sign for you to slow down usually. Yeah. Same goes for health too. Totally. Yeah. So I have four months and a couple days left of my twenties and it's freaking me out for sure. I'm definitely, it's funny because the last month, so the month of August was really hard for me. Um, Personal stuff happened and it was just tough, plus the career stuff, plus the world. So just a lot going on. And I found myself crying a lot in the month of August. And notoriously, August really isn't a great month for me. I don't know why it just happens to be that way. But I feel like the rest of the year is probably going to be tough and it's going to teach me a lot. I'm going to hopefully find answers with my career and where that's headed. And hopefully I'll be able to get my hours cleared by the end of the year. But I think that the best thing to do for myself for the rest of my twenties is to reflect on what I've done and where I'm going, because whether I like it or not, the thirties are coming and we both love sex in the city and you know, they always say like thirties are your best years. And 
I mean, I'm excited in some ways, but I'm also a little nervous because I want to make sure that, you know, in 10 years from this time, <laughs> I've accomplished what I've accomplished. But if you're like me, don't think too far into the future because it's not worth it. So something I'm taking away is just being more present and giving myself goals that are weekly, maybe a monthly goal, but not looking past the month I'm in because it really doesn't matter. Life is weird. I knock on wood. I'm superstitious that way. So I'm knocking on some wood right now because I just want to make sure that like, you know, there's happiness and health coming my way and then Ryan's way when she turns 30 couple months after me. Yeah. I, I've been thinking about this too. And it's funny that we chose this as our topic today. Cause I was literally driving this morning and I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm getting older. It's not stopping. It's just keep going and going and going. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I was just really reflective this morning, uh, very in my head. And, you know, I think my goal is really to continue to remember like the universe has your back. It's, it's a, it's a book. And it's true. Like everything I've ever worried about or wanted, like it's come to fruition in some way, whether it's exactly how I imagined it or not. Like it's, it's definitely just like blossom into what it's supposed to be. And so trying to trust that, like, I'm going to get where I need to go and where I want to go. It just isn't going to be as quickly as I want it to all the time. And that's going to have to be okay. Um, and that there's so many good things ahead of us that we have to look forward to and we're creating our life. Like that's, that's the biggest thing about it is like to show up and, and be the creator of your own life and not let life just happen to you. Because I think that's when you look back and you have regrets is when you look back and say like, God, I really wish I had played a more important lead character role in my life instead of just letting life happen to me or following through on what other people wanted me to do. Like if you want to do something, you just do it. Like there there is nothing that should stop you. Like really and truly, like there's going to be a lot of barriers and things that are going to be in your way. And yes, privilege has a huge amount to do with how easy it's going to be. But if there's something you really want to do, then do it. And it might not look exactly how you think it's going to look or want it to look, but it's going to turn out the way it should. And just having kind of like trust in that. Amen. You said it well. Yeah, we just wanted to touch on this today because this is kind of how we've been feeling the last few months. And I don't think we've ever vocalized it on here (laughs) that we've both just been having a really tough time in our own lives, but it hasn't stopped us from moving forward. So we don't want that to stop you either. And when things are hard, give yourself a day or a week or a month if you have the luxury to reset and get back into whatever it is that you want, whatever makes you happy, and make sure that you're always prioritizing your physical and mental health, because without that, you won't survive, and that would be really sad. So on that note, Ryan, anything else you want to add? No. I hope that if you're in your 20s and you're listening to this, it resonated in some way, and We hope you have a great rest of your September. Yes, we will see you guys soon. Bye. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And if you feel called to, rate and review and share with the people in your life you think would like us too. For more info on this episode, check out the show notes. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at dopeshttherapypod and via email at dopeshttherapypod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and check back soon for more episodes.